Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book dynamic duo Mike Garley and Michael Lee Graham about what comics they were taking to the apocalypse. But before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know that today, myself and webcomic extraordinaire Dan Butcher have launched a Kickstarter for an all-ages horror comic called Project Hoax. Set in 1994, a group of young lads plan to get their own back on a local bully, but get more than they bargained for when they try to stage a monster hoax. If that sounds good to you, either search for Project Hoax on Kickstarter directly or follow the link www.signalcomics.com forward slash hoax. Now without further ado, on with the show. Hello Mike Garley and Michael Lee Graham, how are we doing? Hello, very good thanks. Yeah, good thank you. Excellent. Um, and just before we get into the nitty gritty and things, um, for, for the sake of the listeners, I'll be referring to Mike Garley as Mike, and I'll be referring to Michael Lee Graham as Michael, because otherwise it can get a little bit confusing mm. uh, for the listeners. Um, and uh, starting off with Mike, um, for those that don't know you, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, so I'm a writer, so I've done uh, uh, Adventure Time and Wallace and Gromit, but I kind of focus more on independent stuff. So for the independent stuff, I've done Samurai Slasher, uh, The Kill Screen, uh, and Our Final Halloween with MLG, uh, Mike Lee Graham. Excellent. And how about yourself, Michael? Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go in the reverse. Uh, so um, I, most recently, I've done um, Our Final Halloween uh, with Mike which has been great to work on. Um, I've done um, more sort of a cover art, uh, mainly for some um, other comics, including Samurai Slasher. And uh, I do alternative poster design and storyboard art. Awesome. Um, and going back to Mike, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, I'm really bad at naming things. So my website is MikeGarley.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Mike Garley. I'm on Instagram as Mike Garley. And I'm on Facebook, but I hate Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to fall out of love with uh, with Facebook. Certainly, um, I find Twitter much more engaging. Um, but uh, and Michael, how about you? Where can people find you? Um, Mike Garley and I are both as unoriginal as each other. Uh, <laughs> so my website is Mike Lee Graham. Uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at Mike Lee Graham and Twitter at Mike Lee Graham. Um, I'm probably on instagram more than i'm on twitter uh because i'm i'm not a writer so i'm very bad with words uh, and i much prefer to just just to post nice pretty pictures <laughs> nice nice that's what instagram's for exactly yeah. brilliant. um excellent and um those all of those links will be in the show notes so um if you want to go follow uh mike or michael on um, on social media you can just click through right there um now uh, all of that aside unfortunately i do have some bad news for you guys um and that is that um the bbc have just announced that there is an asteroid heading towards planet earth um and uh my question is to you to both of you uh, what is your uh, action plan for survival in the lead-up to the asteroid hitting Earth? And then what is your plan uh, post-impact? You can you can handle this one first, MLG. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've, you know, I've watched uh, enough uh, post-apocalyptic films uh, with the missus recently, and we've talked about this at some length. And um, <laughs> especially for um, an asteroid apocalypse, um, I'm pretty sure I would just I would just let myself die. I haven't got the energy to deal with a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> I just I just go right to the epicenter of the impact, <laughs> and I just I just let it happen. <laughs> awesome. I was uh, I was letting letting you go first because I thought you'd have a better answer than me. But no, I I kind of think if an asteroid is going to hit the Earth, it's either going to destroy everything, or it's not. There's not really a lot you can do to to alter that on your own, is there? You can't help one. <laughs> so, so you're either going to die or you're not. But um, 
At least one way or the other, Brexit would be sorted. So there is that to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And for you, for, for you, Mike, would you would you join Michael, or would you um, kind of, you know, try and find a way to survive? Oh, I'm torn. Um, I've got kids, so I want to try and make sure they survive. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I, I best survive for the kids, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll have to. Sorry, sorry, MRG. You know, I'd, I'd love to spend my final minutes with you, but it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a little bit. I think your kids would be a little bit hurt that you uh, came to enjoy the apocalypse. Uh, yeah, but they'd understand. They, they would understand. Sure. My wife sure. would understand. She'd be like, "Yeah, no, I can, I can understand. Love me knowing you." So, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Um, and uh, at, at the end of uh, today's podcast, I'll be, I'll be asking um, what uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item you'll be taking into the apocalypse. Uh, but um, before we get into that, um, what happens is that now that Michael, you've uh, come to the conclusion that you're going to be running towards the epicentre of, <laughs> uh, of the asteroid impact, um, you two have one last get together to discuss comics. Um, and, and the first question that comes up between the both of you um, is what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Um, so let's start off with Mike. Uh, so when I was a kid, there was like the 90s X-Men cartoon. Um, so I loved that. And uh, they had a like a, a monthly one that came out in the news agents as well, which collected that and also had like the, the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont run in the back of it, like the, the proper American comics. So I really enjoyed that. But the, the story I remember um, was Extinction Agenda, which was, yeah, again, same creative team, which um, a, a friend's brother had. And uh, I think that, that blew my little, like, 12, 13-year-old mind. So I, I, I loved that. That's uh, the first comic I really remember enjoying as a kid. Um, I then, like most people, kind of went away comics for a bit as life got in the way and it was like hellblazer that, that got me back into comics so i kind of those are the two comics that served to kind of my my introduction and reintroduction to comics so they're always ones that come to mind excellent and and with with hellblazer what, what was it about hellblazer that kind of reignited your passion for comics it's just dark and clever and smart it was it was mike carey's run and it's just um really clever character-based um storytelling with um with the one i read had a, like a really smart twist in there as well um so i really enjoyed it it was really um it was really mature advanced storytelling um compared to what i what i'd known of comics like i i love jim lee chris claremont but it wasn't high art um i mean i don't mean art wise art wise jim lee's art stunning but it wasn't high art in terms of what the story and the narrative was mm. it was people in skin tight clothes punching other people in skin tight clothes um so hellblazer felt like you know felt felt much more kind of appro- more appropriate for for my interest and the, the type of thing i was in into at that age awesome um and then how about you michael well um for me it was it was a bit of an odd one i mean um when i was growing up um i read a lot of um sort of you know Beano and the Dandy um I found them very easy to get my hands on at like uh, corner shops and things like that but um I never really had access to Marvel in DC um I don't, I don't remember getting taken to too many comic shops or getting to go to um too many places where that content was readily available to me um and I remember when I was about 10 I picked up um like mid storyline um a Spider-Man comic and it was during the Clone Saga um as a kid i remember thinking kind of having a passing knowledge of what spider-man was about um he had superpowers his girlfriend was mary jane um and um you know he got into you know fights with people like the green goblin and sandman and stuff and in the clone saga it's just um everything's topsy-turvy um there was this character called ben who was peter parker's clone um, there was this Carnage character who uh, had, uh, like, uh, the symbiote had merged with Clone Ben, 
and made spider carnage. And as a 10-year-old kid who had these, like, preconceived ideas about, you know, what Spider-Man does and reading that comic, and I think he wasn't even with Mary Jane in it. There was a bit where it was like, oh, because obviously that's part of the, the story that happens. But I just remember being blown away by what could be done with these characters. And I think ever since, my favourite comic storylines have always been uh, these kind of Elseworld storylines uh, with like the, the big characters. Um, so like, you know, for instance, Superman, Red Sun. Um, I just love taking an established character, you know, turning all of the lore upside down and just kind of playing around in that, that sandpit. So, yeah, I just remember that really having a huge impact on me. And I just had the one issue, uh, but it really, really stuck with me, that one. In fact, I think I actually still have it um, at my mum's place. So I must get my hands on that. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> and then um, at the time, were you drawing? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, very, very proud to tell you uh, that um, when I went to school, we used to do um, a prize, you know, the science prize, the, the English prize. And I, um, I, I got the art prize, um, I think, pretty much every year in a row. Wow. Uh, in that particular school. I mean, <laughs> no, to be honest, a prodigy, I, I think it was a prodigy. Mike. I think it was like a uh, oh, geez, this kid's not good at anything else. <laughs> let's give him let's give him something. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was always drawing as a kid. And um, yeah, I, I think quite soon after reading that comic, I started trying to draw my own. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then going back to you, Mike, um, in, in in terms of like when you were reading Extinction um, Agenda um, and things, um, uh, aside from kind of homework and stuff like that, were you writing stories kind of you know in your spare time? No. No, no, no. So it was purely like just uh, enjoying the um, uh, the actual uh, comics themselves, and it was later on that you'd, you'd you'd move on to writing your own stories. Yeah, I never. Um, I always loved stories, and it wasn't just comics; it's films and 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 every type of story. I, I never. Um, I didn't realize I wanted to create stories until I was a lot a lot older. It wasn't until I was about twenty four, twenty five when I realized that that's something I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, as a kid, I, I wasn't really that interested in that. I was more interested in, in watching films and playing games and, you know, anything that didn't seem at all like work. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and so the next uh, the next question that comes up between you, uh, with the, with the asteroid inching closer and closer, is what's the funniest or comic that made you laugh out loud the most? And if we start off with you, Michael. Uh, sure. Um, I thought about um, talking about uh, like the funnies and things like that. Like if I had to uh, sort of say what consistently makes me laugh, um, it's probably something like Calvin and Hobbes. Um, I've got all of them. Um, I still think it's just one of the most warm-hearted and funny collections of comics uh, ever. Uh, but like um, I thought, like in more recent times, um, I'd pick something a bit more uh, up to date. And um, I absolutely love Paper Girls. Um, it's not necessarily a comedy comic, but um, the four main characters, uh, the interactions between them, uh, the little nods to kind of, um, you know, like any, <laughs> anything to do with 80s, like nostalgia, or just kind of like playing on that, or like uh, sort of early 90s stuff, or, you know, that, that kind of stuff really always gets me. And um, I just thought the characters were handled really, really well. Some of them come across quite obnoxiously at first, but it's quite funny. And um, yeah, I, I think most recently that's the that's the comic that had an impact on me in terms of humour. Yeah, excellent. And then, do, do you think that 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 has affected um, and had an impact on on the creation of our final Halloween? Do you think at all? <laughs> Uh, oh no no no! Um, I, I actually read Paper Girls um, after oh, um, great. we started working yeah. on it. So um, yeah, I mean, like, I, th- <laughs> I think this might be a, um, a thing with people that are born in the eighties, um, just kind of wanting to kind of like play around in that that kind of field again. And obviously, um, you know, we've had like the sort of like resurgence of kind of um, 
uh, stand by me type of storytelling, you know, with like um, strong children characters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I think it's um, just something that we're, we're happy to kind of like get involved in as well. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and then how about you, Mike? Um, I I can't really remember laughing at too much, but that's mainly due to my memory. Um, but I, I can remember really enjoying Garfield minus Garfield. Um, I don't know if anyone's read that, but it's the old Garfield comics where someone has literally just photoshopped Garfield out of it. So <laughs> just, just John talking to himself with the punchlines. And it's really kind of, it's really funny, but it's also kind of really, um, yeah, it's quite thought provoking as well. Cause it just seems like a guy dealing with depression and anxiety and all of these other elements. So it, it makes it quite a um, surreal reading experience. But yeah, that's a, that's a, a great book. I got the, the collected edition of that. And I highly recommend it. Fantastic. And is there, is there any particular strip that, that jumps out at you? No, I, I, generally, no, can't remember. I, I generally can't remember a particular strip. They're just, you, cause you read them so quickly. Cause they're yeah. obviously like three, three panels, uh, stories. Yeah. So you, you read them so quickly that, um, yeah, you kind of just, I, I read it in a sitting and then you just absorb it as one. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, because I I read it read it read up about it a bit, um, and it was kind of it was put together by this IT manager or something. Dan Walsh, I believe, is the guy that kind of put this all together. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting. That, yeah, it just gives you a different perspective if you just tweak something. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Jim uh, Davison even drew uh, an original script for this collected edition because he really Brilliant. liked it. Oh wow, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, it's got the proper seal of approval. Yeah, because obviously, like, in order to get it published, he would have had to have kind of get permission from uh, from the original creator, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that's interesting. Um, that yeah, something can kind of not be revived because it's kind of it's a it's an institution, really, Garfield, isn't it? Um, yeah. But kind of just give it a different perspective, I guess, by doing something like that. Very interesting. Um, and so the next question that comes up between you um, is what's the saddest or most upsetting comic that you've read? And let's start with Mike. Uh, I think it is probably uh, Mouse, um, the the one where it deals with the, the, the world war, where you, you watch mice and cats and everything, because like I can remember reading it the first time and just like enjoying it as a bit of... Um, like di- di- disposable storytelling, but then there's this certain scene where you kind of just make the connection that you know, obviously they're just mice and cats and stuff in this comic, but this happened to real people. And it's just really beautifully, beautifully done. Um, I can remember that being quite, um, yeah, I can remember that being really, really clever and really got to me at the time of reading it. So uh, yeah, de- definitely mouse without a shadow of a doubt. Mouse, and yeah, obviously it's the uh, the, the mice are. Uh, uh, Jewish people, right? And yeah. uh, cats are the Nazis. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's it's always interesting, kind of going down that line um, in terms of trying to get readers to a place where, like, there's such a disconnect. Kind of if you replace um, Nazis with cats and and mice with Jewish people, um, and then um, yeah, as you say, but then it strikes you whilst yeah. reading it. That okay, this actually happens to people, and this is terrible. I think this uh, this this comic might be the reason I hate cats so much. If I'm honest, <laughs> right? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought of it before, but this might be why I hate cats. Wow, do dogs um, appear in this at all? Because I haven't read it yet. Uh, mm. I, be- I believe they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Huh. I can't remember what as maybe Russians or English or, or okay. something. But I'm pretty sure I, I haven't read it for a long time. But I can remember kind of it was that impact of reading it the first time. And like you said, it's a disconnect where suddenly it hits you. Like, you know, you're laughing and enjoying it. You're like, well, this is, this is a true story. This is a true story. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's grand. Excellent. And then how about you, Michael? Um, well, uh, again, recently, um, this is something that really had a big impact on me, but I think it is actually one of the most upsetting comics I have read. Uh, it was, um, released quite recently, Sabrina, and I'm going to absolutely demolish uh, the author's name, uh, <laughs> but it was uh, Nick Donasso. Um, you definitely pronounced Nick right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, it might, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so it's, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much about it, but um, it's a, um, 
it's kind of a, um, an exploration of what happens after um, a character is um, is murdered, basically, and just the fallout of that. Um, the um, the artwork and it's very very simple, but um, what it does is that there's like so many panels, so it allows for a lot of like um, little moments um, between like characters to kind of happen like in silence. And um, yeah, the, the characterization of people is amazing, and uh, it's it's it really is a really sad story, and um, it's it's I, I I mean it plays out like a movie. Um, I think it took me about three hours to read, um, and as a result, it was just going through it. You go through all these ups and downs, and um, yeah, I mean it was. By the end of it, I was a bit of a wreck, to be honest. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you could be yeah. a wreck too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm yet to read this, but I've heard really, really good things about it. And, mm. and having read up on it just uh, just briefly, um, it's it seems like a really, really interesting story in that um i think like it says it in kind of the blurb that sabrina is a is is a woman or girl uh, that goes missing um and it's about the reaction from the media and the people that are kind of mm-hmm. connected to her um and then the story itself is really kind of about the the conspiracy theories that arise from yeah. that reaction right um, yeah. So that's really, really interesting. And what I was reading is that the the, the author, Nick uh, Dronasso, maybe you pronounce it, I think, um, okay. is that initially he binned the project because he wasn't happy with it. Um, and then he, he managed to rework it a little bit and picked it up again. But initially he was going to completely bin this project. Uh, but uh, like, I'm, I'm glad that he kind of revived it because uh, yeah it, it's set to do good things i think i'm fascinated to know what version what what it looked like when he was going to going to scrap it yeah i, I wonder what decision he made that that made it work for him again that's really interesting yeah yeah definitely i um, yeah i'm sure if you kind of google uh sabrina um by, by nick dronasso um then uh yeah i think that all comes up um yeah okay. very very interesting um yeah, and I mean it's it's always a big kind of decision to completely abandon a project, yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, you must have must really have, hated it, exactly, because that <laughs> must have taken so much work to put mm. together and just to kind of say, right, that's it, scrap it. Um, that, that's kind of you know artistic integrity right there, isn't it? Um, but uh, yes, uh, moving on um, to uh, our next question that comes up in your conversation as the asteroid is almost hitting Earth um, <laughs> is, uh, is what's the uh, scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? And let's start off with Michael. Um, that's very easy. Um, it is uh, it's a Japanese um manga artist uh called uh, junji ito um and he is in my opinion like one of the best um horror comic sort of authors ever um it was called uh, gaio or geo mm. uh, and uh, the the translation uh to this um is one of the worst titles ever uh it's called the death stench creeps uh, which is just so bizarre. That's the name uh, of my band. <laughs> it sounds more like the name of a metal band, to be honest. So it's about um, a, a, a sort of a, um, a coastal town um, in Japan that gets uh, overrun by walking sea animals, um, and there's even um, sharks that come walking onto land and things like that, and they bring with them this terrible stench that starts to infect people and make them go um like lose their minds basically and it's um it's just you know from there it just gets weirder and weirder and the body horror which i think is one of the best things uh that you can do with horror in comics just gets more and more gross um i just felt icky reading this thing and uh, by the end i mean it really just just loses the plot and i mean that in the best possible way um like 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 only a good manga can and um yeah by the end i just felt bad 
And uh, it's got these amazing short stories in the back as well, which I think are really strong. And uh, yeah, I think it's the um, one of the best examples of horror and um, sort of grossness and body horror in comics. Excellent. So would you say um, kind of the story itself is more horrifying or kind of the art? Is more uh, I, I, I say the, um, the, the star of the show is the artwork. Um, yeah. uh, Junji Ito, he's, his, his best stuff is probably his shorts. Um, like I, for me, it kind of worked how weird the story got. But um, my understanding is that a lot of people thought it just got a bit too silly by the end. But, you know, each to their own, I thought it was great. Yeah, exactly. That's great. And then how about you, Mike? I can't really think of a comic that's really scared me. Um, I mean, I guess the the closest um, is a, a comic called Fish and Chocolate by Kate Brown, um, and that's like an anthology of three three stories, and it's just weird and um, unsettling, um, and there's some body horror elements into it, and yeah, it's really really interesting. Um, to, to, uh, deals with like a mother's fear and 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 bits and pieces like that. Um, but I, I can't. I don't generally get scared by by comics or books when I read them. But I can remember that one kind of. Yeah, I really enjoy reading that one. I like it's the weirdness of it. Um, and and Kate's like such an incredible storyteller. Um, her her writing's just as strong as her artwork is. So it's, it's really beautiful, as well as horrific, um, which is quite a quite a hard skill to master. So yeah, that would be what I'd recommend that we, we try and read before this massive asteroid hits us all. Yeah. <laughs> Get on it. Um, so it's really the combination of her art and storytelling that kind of brings out the, the horrifyingness of it. Yeah, yeah, the weirdness of it. As well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, and so the next question that crops up between you is, uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Um, and we'll start off with Mike. Maybe V for Vendetta, um, and that might just be because of the time I read it. I was starting to kind of understand politics a little bit more, um, right. and like obviously that is all about the response to government. Um, so I found it really interesting and really enjoyable. And it's, a, it's a great story. It's my favourite Alan Moore story, V for Vendetta. Um, I think it's far superior to Watchmen. Um, so yeah, probably V for Vendetta. Um, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe V for Vendetta. I mean, meaningful, such a, a, a hard term, hmm. because there's there's comics I love, you know, like I love I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's hard to describe that as meaningful. Although you know, is enjoyment meaningful? I, I don't know, um, but I, I definitely love V for Vendetta. Excellent. And, and kind of what age are you? When you read this, sorry, Mike. Thirty-four. No, <laughs> no, I can't remember. It was, um, <laughs> yeah, many a moon ago. I can't remember when I first read it. I, I can't remember how, how old the book is, but it's, it was a long time ago. Yeah, and you just felt like it. Kind of, it really enlightened you um, when you were at a time where you're just becoming kind of politically aware. It was, yeah, because it, it isn't just um, becoming political politically aware. I think it's just like understanding this more than the, the status quo, really, because it's such a kind of re- rebellious. Um, book um, and you at some age you just think you know life is how it is and you can't do anything about it and then this story is about rebelling against that in some way um, so yeah I think it really um, yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed it it really resonated me, with me when I read it cool and then as um, were you writing at this time no as well, so it's still in the lead up to that. And do you think it's had an impact on you since V for Vendetta or or any other uh, Alan Moore works? Uh, no, no. Like I, I love uh, some of his work, but like I don't, I don't try to write stories like he writes stories. I um, no. yeah, he he's got a very particular style, and my style is nothing like that. So no. whereas I like how like deep dive he goes with some themes, um, I I mean we we did a book called Late Fees, and we really went into like uh, addiction and and in the family and things like that in that book, but in a completely different way than Alan Moore would have would have broached the subject. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't really think I I I don't try to take cues from any like 
writer or storyteller when I, I tell stories. Like I want it to be the story I want to tell. I want to tell it in my own way. I think that's the, the fun thing of telling stories that you're not trying to add to someone else's library of content. You're trying to produce something new, which only you can. Excellent. Um, and then how about you, Michael? Um, very, very easy question, um, question to answer. Um, and it's got to be Akira by Katsuhiro Otome. Um, it's like the first time that I'd really read a big saga comic. Um, I always loved the anime and I had no idea that this two hour film was actually a six part, like epic uh, manga series. Um, reading it like from start to finish was one of the most like rewarding comic experiences I think I've ever had. Um, I mean, the artwork in it is just, it, it just gobsmackingly beautiful. Um, I love, I love black and white art, uh, and manga art. Um, um, just a lot of the themes of just kind of like how it deals with that kind of power. Um, you know, as somebody that liked superhero comics, um, it was the first time I'd really seen that like, like superpowers used so kind of aggressively. And just like like just seeing that kind of um, like visceral destruction on the pages, I thought was really really beautiful. And um, you know the character of Tetsuo um, was uh, I think when I when I read it I was about fifteen sixteen. Um, you know I was a bit of an awkward kid. So what kid hasn't um, had? you know, wish, wishful thinking about, you know, having superpowers or something like that and kind of using them irresponsibly as well, uh, which was, uh, I mean, not, not that irresponsibly, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot of um, kind of wish fulfillment in that comic. And um, I thought the characters were so strong. And, um, you know, it was, the, I think it was the first time that I'd really kind of read like a really sympathetic villain. Um, and, you know, Tetsuo is a, a monster, uh, but he's like a very kind of like troubled young boy, uh, basically. So it was just, it was, I think it was the first time I really encountered something really, really impactful like that. And ever since I've been just fascinated with that kind of storytelling. Fantastic. And um, as an artist, do you think that Akira uh, impacted you? Um, impacted your it, art in any way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got, I, I, I could show you pages of the artwork that I did when I was about 16, Great. which were just like uh, painstakingly laboured cityscapes. Um, you know, ju just like the stuff that Katahiro Otomi did. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't presume to think it was anywhere near as good as his stuff, but uh, I, I, would, I looked back at it recently and I, I gave it a good go, I've got to admit. Uh, I'm much more, it, it's not something that interests me now um, artistically, uh, it, like trying to get that kind of detail into buildings and things like that. I'm much more interested in kind of motion and um, uh, sort of action composition. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as, as, a, as like a technical mastery, um, I just love the artwork. That's fantastic. Um, and so um, we're, the, the asteroid's starting to get pretty close now. Um, and don't worry, Mike, you're going you're gonna to still be able to escape in time to get back to your family. <laughs> but, Michael, you should, you, you should start reflecting um, a little bit on your life, I think, um, because it's, it's inching closer and closer. Um, so uh, the next question that comes up is, uh, what's the most underrated comic that you've read and uh, and we'll go back to michael again easy peasy um not not that it's underrated but i just don't hear it talked about enough um we were just talking about alan moore um but it's got to be alan moore's run on swamp thing um i i think i got my hands on that when i was about 22 um after finishing uni and um it was the it was kind of the um I uh, can't remember which storyline it was, but it was when um, they were trying to stop like this great darkness coming and uh, destroying the world. And it was all about kind of what is the nature of evil. And um, again, it's, um, you know, exploring that. It, 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 there's no sort of black and white in the, in that sort of storytelling. There is no evil. It's like a process. It is, you know, in 
in in the process of like something living or dying where is the evil and um these really big meaty ideas that just get explored so deeply and i think it's one of the most kind of um emotionally and like viscerally interesting things that alan moore's done Mm. um not that you know i i i don't mean to criticize but sometimes alan moore's stuff can be a little bit um um emotionally cold it feels like because of because of the technical sort of mastery he has on storytelling it can seem a bit like that but uh the swamp thing stuff um i just thought was yeah the the height of his storytelling for me mrg is your dog all right uh he's he's, i'm gonna i'm gonna let him down is he actually making quite a lot of noise can you give him a stroke for me i just worry about him sure sure (laughs) Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna let him out. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't think so. He's getting a bit nervous while this thing's careening towards Earth. Um, I'm just gonna. Um, now that I've answered that, I'm just gonna quickly mute myself and uh, let him out. <laughs> no problem. No All problem. Right. Uh, so let's head back to you, Mike. What's the most underrated comic for you? Um. Oh, it's a hard question. Underrated because obviously it's um. It, you don't know what people know and what people don't know. But I I really lo- uh, enjoy. There's a book called Fell. Um, by Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith, right. um, which came out from Image like 2005, 2006. Um, and it was about this this flawed detective. Um, and I just loved it. It was incredible. It was so like Ben Templesmith's artwork um, can be so evocative. Um, it, it was just really atmospheric and, and beautifully told stories about this really flawed detective who... Um, you know, was trying to do his best, but sometimes his own arrogance kind of got in the way. I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I've got, I'm a big fan of like wholly realized worlds, mm. um, from from high concept to small things, and this felt so complete. It was just a really, really nice book. Um, but I don't think they're doing any more. I think it was, uh, it, it went on hiatus. I can't remember how many issues they did, but they did one collector's edition of it, and then, uh, then it ended. But they were self-contained stories with like a, a a larger arc going on um but it's just it was just a really great comic it's one that i wish they actually got like a conclusion to it um i think it, it did quite well at the time um critically but because it didn't carry on it's not a complete story and stories that aren't complete seem to get forgotten about which is a shame because it was it was incredible a real tour de force yeah definitely and um re- re- reading up on it a little bit um i think there's nine issues in total and he had written a tenth um but it never got made apparently um and then also um one of the ideas behind it as well was that he um because it's a night basically nine panels right per page Mm. three by three and the idea was and it's a slightly lower page count i think um and the idea was to like create a really cheap comic i think was one of the ideas that Warren Ellis had. Um, that's at least what it said on the wiki, but you can't believe everything that it says on a wiki. Yeah, I read the trade, so like, I can't remember how big the comic was. It's one of the things that you read it as one, uh, you know, in one sitting. Um, so I kind of just took it all in and, and loved it. But it didn't feel cheap when you've got Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith. That's not a creative team that you think, well, that's a cheap, cheaply no. created comic. No, no um, not at all, not at all. yeah. But yeah, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I've, uh, I've actually, it's one of the only comics I've bought twice because I lent it to someone and I never got it back. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Well, uh, hopefully you've got a, uh, a copy now uh, ready ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and so uh, we come to one of the, the most difficult questions. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll head to you first, Mike. Uh, for you, what's the best comic of all time? I I don't think it might it might not be that that difficult. I think it might just be Akira. Yeah, <laughs> it's just such it's so different and yeah, just echoing everything MLG said. It, it's different and beautiful and vast and like I love the like the book where they destroy the city and it's just like it's so original. The storytelling choices they they take in that book and the character development yeah, it's 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 incredible. Um, and when you've created something that large, you know, if you're looking for something to 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 call the the best, if you're looking for something that you want to you know reread, because you're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna make us choose one of these out of everything we listed. So I want to get make sure I've got Akira 
as an option. <laughs> oh no. There's no way I'm not going to uh, not going to include it. But yeah, no, I, I loved Akira. I remember reading it at a time, and it blew my mind. And then uh, I started to read it in color because I think Marvel did like uh, color reprints of it, and uh, it wasn't wasn't so good. I think it's a lot better in like the the, the stark um, black and white and grays of, of what it was. But it's just such a beautiful book, so uh, so fully thought out, so so deep. Yeah, it's incredible. Awesome. And um, what? Uh, what time had you read this? Uh, was this kind of post Hellblazer or or before that? Uh, it would have been post Hellblazer, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not not a while ago. I, it would have been quite a while ago. So I I think I I burned through all the the, the known greats, um, and now I, I struggle to read anything now. To be completely honest, like uh, trying to get time to to keep up with everything is really difficult. So mm. yeah, I, I definitely read a lot more comics back before i started making comics i think as soon as you start making comics that's all for your free time gone yeah so yeah um, big drop off every time i feel like i've got time to read a comic or watch a new film i just think in the back of my head oh i should probably be working on a <laughs> comic <laughs> are, you, are you sure that's the back of your head and not just me texting you or something <laughs> it helps to have both to be honest <laughs> awesome and so for you michael what's what's the best comic of all time um okay well i i am going to go off piste uh and mention a comic i haven't mentioned before um it's probably the dark knight returns for me Great. by frank miller um echoing what i said before about um really liking um different things done with established characters um what frank miller did with batman um, and you know Bruce Wayne's character and Superman as well in this comic and all, all, all the characters actually I just thought it was amazing because again it was um, I had an established canon in my head um, of what I thought Batman was and could be you know from the films the comics and just reading it for the first time was just again like it was like a you know, it's these comics that you have like a, a visceral reaction to. It's like it sticks with you afterwards. Like I spent a lot of time thinking about this comic between reading it as well. Um, I couldn't just put it down and then forget about it. Um, it's got my favorite moment ever in comics, which is the night that Bruce Wayne um, decides to become Batman again. Just this amazing sequence uh, of him trying to change the channel um, on his massive television um, and kind of like being almost like assaulted by all the terrible stuff that he sees on the news. And he has this, you know, there's like lightning outside and stuff and his like subconscious Batman is speaking to him and taunting him. And I'm like, oh God, I'm actually getting goosebumps talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the yeah. phrase, his subconscious Batman. I think that's something we should all have inside. Us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I, if I, uh, you know, whenever I uh, uh, say all of this sort of stuff live, uh, I usually use some odd terminology, but uh, I think that one, uh, uh, I'll stick with that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just think um, it's, it's got to be, it's like the best of the best uh, for me. It's the best example of what a comic can be in any kind of, iteration of like when it's trying to use like an established character just the kind of pacing the kind of storytelling and also i love an auteur like i love somebody that does the the writing and the artwork i always find that really interesting uh because like i think like the artwork can complement the writing really well and they you know it's like i thought i find the pacing of those kind of comics can work really well also um so yeah uh, for me it's that and it's, it's going to be difficult for me to ever change my mind on that one i think Fantastic. And so uh, we come to the last question in regards to comics. Um, and, and Mike, don't worry, you're going to be shooting straight out of the door um, as soon as we've answered answered this in order to get away from <laughs> the epicenter of the asteroid. Um, but, uh, but if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse from your list, which would it be? And, uh, and let's start off with Mike. Well, if I'm rushing to get back to the family, it might be Fell. Um, but if I do have a while, mm-hmm. it would probably be Akira. Excellent. Um, so we'll... short, short, short and sweet answer there. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, that's what it's about. Um, but uh, yeah, well, you've got plenty. You've got a, enough time. So um, you, you're going to be able to take Akira 
with you um, into into the into the apocalypse with your, with your family. And then, how about you, Michael? Um, well, from uh, the list that I've mentioned before, uh, yeah, it's it's going to have to be Akira as well. <laughs> oh, how original! Uh, well, you know, it's a very long comic. You know, it will keep me very distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can mean just, it. <laughs> I can just imagine you on a deck chair reading Akira as this massive asteroid comes towards you. I'll just like, be reading the, the most bombastic, massive part of the story. Just like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Look at the buildings! They're getting destroyed just like in Akira! <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and so we come to our last question, um, which we spoke about at the beginning of the show. Um, and we'll start off with you, Michael. Um, with the this asteroid apocalypse in mind, uh, what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take it take in with you? Um, well, okay, I, I, so I will be dead, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the way to the epicenter of the comet, I'm assuming uh, that there's going to be a lot of other people with the same idea. Um, so the plan is is I, I've always been a big fan of those 80s, uh, like, American police truncheons. Or um, it's like, it's the one that Sean Gordon Murphy draws Batman with currently. I just think they're a really cool design. And uh, I'd just be whacking people, trying to get into the very center. And then I'll just, I'd, you know, they're so strong, it'll probably be the only thing left of me um, after the meteor hits. What a weird answer. <laughs> this, is a, this is a weird situation, Michael. So, so no judgment, no judgment, right? I could say I, want, I could take a teddy bear with me. It wouldn't matter <laughs> for sure, man. Uh, and then, how about you, Mike? Uh, it depends. If it was long enough in advance, I'll have money because obviously the wealthy are the ones that are most likely to survive. Nice bunkers and whatever they need. I mean, if I've got to get to my family, maybe a tank that could be fun. Go out in a blaze of glory, just trying to get there. Um, but most likely I would have a dog as a weapon. Um, oh, yeah. But I wouldn't use it as a weapon. I'd just have a dog. Any particular dog? <laughs> uh, just just a, whatever. I just love dogs. I'll just take it as an opportunity <laughs> to have a dog. <laughs> awesome. I mean, the, the world's ending. I might as well try and make it work for me. Yeah, I'll have a thousand yeah. dogs. Just for the apocalypse. I'll have a thousand dogs. I'll have a <laughs> thousand dogs. dogs. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All tied to your waist. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> that is amazing. A whole, uh, whole group of uh, of dogs at your beck and call. Um, yeah, that's going to be great. Awesome. I want to be on your team. Um, if your so... dogs are in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, excellent. Well, Mike and Michael, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure um, doing our our first uh, duet basically um it's it's been a real real laugh yes it has <laughs> complete stunned silence <laughs> i wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was the sign off sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, no no not 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 just yet um but yeah um, it has been a real pleasure um and uh, for the listeners one more time mike garley where can people find you uh, type Mike Garley into the internet and you'll find whatever you want. That sound that sounded dodgy. Let's that not say like that. I'm on, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on Twitter as Mike Garley and my website and everything can be found there as well. Great. And then uh, Michael Lee Graham, where can people find you? Very similar again. Um, if you just type in Mike Lee Graham, uh, all one word, uh, into Google, uh, my Instagram, my Twitter, and my website should all pop up on that first page. Fantastic, and uh, just got to say the, the the first issue of our final Halloween was a was an absolute uh, blast because um, it just jumps right into the action um, and uh, kind of what you were saying before, Michael, uh, kind of about um, movement and mm. things like that. Um, there's there's some really good panels in there, particularly kind of I think it's in the first couple of pages when when they run out of the room. Yeah, that's a great yeah. that's a great panel. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I was really happy with that opener. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then in t- in terms of the storytelling, Mike, um, you know, jumping right into the action is exactly what you kind of need to do um, with with this type of story. So um, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, we we were happy with that. It um, it 
because we wanted the reader be, to be in the same situation as everyone, like the kids in the situation. So it kind of worked well as a visual for them to start smack banging, you know, covered in blood. Yeah, no true. idea how they got there. I mean, <laughs> that's the setup to the story, and the characters and the reader are both there together as it happens. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and um, Mike, uh, what else do you have coming up this year? Um, I think there should be a collected edition of Samurai Slasher coming out. So that'll be collecting all three trades plus like loads of bonus extra stuff. Um, I think there's going to be another um, trade collection of the kill screen. Um, and uh, I've got a few other bits and pieces as well. But I can't remember what they are because, like I said, I've got the worst memory. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then, Michael, uh, what else have you got coming up this year? Um so uh, this year, yeah, um, obviously uh, more um, Final Halloween. Um, there's another horror uh, comic anthology that I should hopefully be attached to uh, later on this year. And um, yeah, I'm uh, going to be doing some more alternative poster designs this year, which should hopefully be up on sale at um, a Hero Complex Gallery. That's usually uh, who I go with. So yeah, if you just keep, an up, keep up to date on my Twitter, then uh, yeah, always be updating it with uh, new projects. Fantastic. And then uh, are either of you going to any cons this year? Yeah. Um, I'm going to all the London ones. Great. All the London ones. All the London, even the weird all ones. Not, not, yeah. This isn't, this isn't uh, uh, just for comics. I'm just going to all of them. <laughs> You're going to the Flat Earth con, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I thought we all were. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> excellent and then, and then how about you mike uh yeah i'm doing a fair few cons this year i think i'm i'm down to do 10 so far so i'm doing uh manchester london glasgow um one up in leeds i think um but yeah fair few the mcms so yeah should be a, a good fun busy year i think by the time it's been on i've done my first con of the year which is birmingham mcm so uh yeah hopefully would have met some people there be looking forward to the next one by then fantastic well thanks again to both of you um for for a wonderful almost hour um talking about your comics for the apocalypse and uh yeah i hope uh i wish you all the best for for the year to come and hopefully there won't be an apocalypse this year <laughs> well we, if there is we're, we're prepared for it now so that's okay <laughs> excellent all right guys take care and see you soon thank you so much cheers Bye-bye. bye bye Thanks again to Mike and Michael for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was magnificent. Yep. Um, if you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Mike and Michael's work or follow them on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.